0: Jingle jangle jewelry,
1: lovely, lovely, lovely Jingle jangle jewelry, poke my boom. Jingle jangle jewelry, jingle jangle jewelry Lock me, chuck me starfish, lock me, chuck me starfish
2: Lovely, 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 start my ball for Let's Lovely, 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 come and chuck your muck
3: Hello, welcome to Guild Boys, the podcast you've come and listening to uh, I'm joined by always as my friend and co-host, William.
4: Hello everyone, welcome to Gale Boys. Um, graphic shit alert warning, this is the Jimmy Savile episode, we teased this, <laughs> we're actually going to do it, uh, and if you know anything about Jimmy Savile, you know this is going to, we're going to talk about a lot of horrible things on this episode, so buckle up or yeah. leave, that's all I can say. Yeah. Um, we're going we're gonna to talk about it through the prism of The Reckoning, the BBC miniseries that dropped without any trailer, without any warning. I remember you texted me, hey, it's out and I'm like, what? <laughs> like, there was no build-up. I get it, because I don't know how you build up this thing. I think stealth dropping it was probably the best thing they could have done.
3: Oh, the alternatives the BBC tries to do some like a pedophile show universe and Jimmy Savile's like the fanoffs,
4: Ro- Something. Rolf, Rolf Harris is crying and fucking... Um, oh, fuck yeah. The Ian Watkins will be Doctor Doom. It'll be a fucking... <laughs> That guy might be wise, oh, yeah. which is saying something. Well,
3: structured, in, yeah, I'm, I'm picturing uh, Wills as some, like, first world dictatorship with him as the, uh, as the time. That's the. Uh, oh,
4: God, this uh, is completely yeah. off-topic, but on YouTube, you can watch their last-ever show that Lost Prophets did, and it's so fascinating to watch knowing none of these guys have any idea of what's coming, in the, literally yeah. the next day.
3: Feel like, like, funny Lost Prophet story, um... I think it was like the final year of of uh, high school for me. This was like 2012. My friends group was like half like gamer guys, half like goth girls, and all the goth girls were going and were like, "Oh, um, can't wait to see uh, Lost Prophets playing at uh, playing at Glasgow, and then a week later, all <laughs> that shit came out, and it's was like, oh, oh no."
4: <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's a fucked up story. Uh, yeah. For those who don't know, look up Ian Watkins and I'm not even going to say what he did. Cause it's, it's that horrible. We'll talk about Jerry yeah, Savile, but Ian Watkins, all fucking lemons for this podcast.
3: Yeah, he's a bloody non senate They're all bloody non-sons, Fucking, uh, fucking non-silent man. He, he... Yeah, and it's funny how um Britain's weird because it's like half the Facebook pages here are like pedo hunters or shit. Like these roving bands of vigilantes that people, and then you look into like half are celebrities or just like high-profile pedophiles.
4: Alright, Russell Brand as well. There's a lot of them. Yeah. it's uh-huh. fucked up. Uh, And that's going to get into the fallout of uh, Jimmy Savile as well. A bunch of people went down because of it. But uh, before we get into awful, awful shit, let's get into the news. (laughs) So, um, David Cameron's back for some fucking reason. I don't know why. Um, He just... I think you you described it perfectly when we were off mic. Um, this is like when you're watching a your six seasons into a TV show and another character just comes back randomly. Like, oh, you're alive still, okay?
3: Yeah, he's like whenever the uh, reverse Flash pops up in the uh, the Flash TV show. He's just there to you know remind you that he's he's still kicking about the the, the modern conservative party, which is just full of like crazy right wing on psychos have brought um. David Cameron, back the the guy who gave us gay marriage in twenty fourteen. The, the the reason why he like resigned in twenty sixteen was because he um he gave us the Brexit referendum, campaigned against it. He spent like thirty two million on uh, posting leaflets through people's door, like telling them to vote against it. And then he just ate shit and was forced to resign. It was a uh, very
4: far. I feel like with Cameron coming back, this is equivalent to an America like fell back in love with George W. Bush. There is this yeah. desire to return back to semi-normal conservatives. I feel like Trump and like, Boris Johnson, a lot of these people are like, man, remember when we had war criminals in office that weren't fucking lunatics and weren't just complete characters? So I feel like it's, there's something to that with bringing a, some level of class to a a party that has fallen the fuck apart and has been taken over by grifters and nazis
3: oh it's uh well everyone has the memory of a goldfish like george w bush was the art trump he was the guy that would like go on stage give these fucking deranged rants and everybody would make fun of him for it but he was like the the same president you know he uh he redeemed america after 9 11 or something whereas trump was just some like failed game show host that like, not really do anything in that four years he, he just like give a tax cut to already wealthy people and then that was that
4: it'll be interesting to see if cameron does anything or is. i think he's just there for lip service i really don't think he's going to contribute much no again, he is he's very... probably
3: not going to be around for much longer as well We're probably going to have a general election since he's gonna have to find a new job like he's been in like self like self-imposed like sh- Retirement slash exile and some like loving in the Cayman Islands. So he's probably going to go back to that soon So um, yeah, yeah,
4: this is this is kind of put band-aid on a bullet wound situation yeah. It's not gonna do much, but it is funny that he just came back randomly.
3: Yeah, spe- uh, speaking of Trump I was um, this is a quick tangent. I was uh looking up old Trump videos yesterday and there was this one from like seven years ago during the 2016 election and it's true, and like he had just won Michigan, and he doesn't actually talk about the election. He's talking about his steaks.
0: Trump steaks. Where are the steaks? Do we have steaks? I... We have Trump steaks. He said, the steak company. And we have Trump steaks. And by the way, if you want to take one, we'll charge you about what? 50 bucks a steak now, Molly.
5: And we're very proud of it. We make the finest wine, as good a wine as you can get anywhere in the world. And I know the press is extremely honest, so I won't offer them any. But
1: if they want, they can take a bottle of wine home.
3: Oh uh, God, it's, it's like why, man? Yeah, you, the... you, you're, you're like you're about to be president, and you're selling like store boards. I have a feeling it's he didn't good. expect
4: to win, and then like oh fuck, <laughs> he actually won. So he had to have that moment of like, oh boy, Christmas is coming up, and I'm gonna. I particularly love the video of him telling the child.
1: Are you still a believer in Santa?
5: Because at seven, it's marginal,
3: right? Oh,
4: uh, God. Really, just being a... Di- like, Trump was just... the My favorite of all time, will, and this will be the history book one, is the Ruth Bader Ginsburg reaction to yeah, her death. The, the Elton John playing in the background, just absolute fucking masterpiece, man. It, that's yeah. why there'll never be a Trump film. You can never... Nothing could be more cinematic than that.
3: Yeah, it'd be like trying to do an Elon Musk film. Like, they're so fucking cartoonish that it's almost like impossible to any, like, actual form of media that isn't just, like, newsreels. Speaking of Musk, where um, yeah, remember Musk, folks. He's, uh, he's back in the news for all the wrong reasons again. Oh, boy,
4: a bunch of shit. So we've deliberately not talked about Elon Musk because I don't want to feed this motherfucker's ego and it's just, like, gossip, but a lot of crazy shit has happened lately. Um, so he, in the middle of one of his Kenamine binges, he was on Twitter and responded to a tweet that I don't even know how to describe it. It's like the most out-of-fucking-pocket thing I've ever read. It's somehow anti-Semitic, anti-Islam. It's fucked up what this guy says, and Elon Musk is like, you're completely right. And let's just say people were already kind of... People who were already on the fence are now like, oh, fuck this guy.
3: He really hasn't beaten the Hitler comparison from a few episodes ago. Like, if you haven't seen the post, I can't remember like, who it was, but some guy being like, yeah, the Jews are flooding the West with Muslims, and um, that's why we need to, like, take more of a stance against them. And Musk, the richest man in the world, by the way, is, like, and his men, she's being like, uh-huh, so true, so true. And he, and he and, like, um, yeah.
4: it's it's insane, and and he he doubled down as well. He's been, like, threatening to sue media matters because they, you know, reported news that people are obviously not going to spend money on this fucking site anymore, and he's... He is like he is like Hitler. The comparison's perfect. He's this unhinged maniac in a fucking office somewhere just doing drugs and not able to control any impulses at all. I'm very excited to read, because um, that Walter Isaacson book was a f- complete dud, but the guy who wrote The Social Network is putting out a new book called Breaking Twitter, which uh, that's where the story came out, where he when he got booed at the Dave Chappelle show, he went into his office. The Twitter had employees were actually contemplating calling the police because they thought he was going to kill himself.
3: He's got the cyanide capsule in his mouth and the fucking gun to his head, just just hoping to get it right at the same time. He's
4: acting like uh. a fucking like, high school girl who got dumped. It's like, uh, runs in the room, fucking threatens to cut herself. Yeah. But th- like I said, that's a high schooler. This is a 52-year-old man who is a billionaire. What in the fuck is wrong with you, dude?
3: I think it's one of those things where he's both fucking bottled like, old and like, yes, man for so long that whenever he faces like any form of pushback, yeah, I I'm, I'm tend to kill myself, I guess.
4: Uh, it's, it makes me, and I hate saying this, but it makes me admire Zuckerberg because during that whole thing, say <laughs> what you want, Zuckerberg's a piece of shit, watch the social network. Uh, he's at least an adult who doesn't fucking act like a child on his site. He's a piece of shit, but there, you know, there's a respectability to it and he... Acts like a fucking grown man, and this guy's on Twitter shit posting. He's like, if Trump had a drug problem, which I mean, Trump probably does have a drug problem, but you know, he's just, it's four in the morning, he's grumpy and pissed off, and he's just gonna fucking Nazi post, which is what yeah. the fuck is wrong with you, man? I
3: never really thought about it, but Snell brought up that really good point about how Trump used to do massive amounts of coke in the 80s, which is why his like voice and like the way he talks is so fucked up. Really like nasal and, yeah, and, and his nose like that it, fucking. Yeah,
4: if nose you nose hear like, constantly, say, like it's like, that's a coke sniffer nose.
3: And that fucking Trump steaks episode, he's like Trump steaks. It's the greatest steaks of all time. Fucking, he's just breathing constantly. People, <laughs> people breathing re- constantly. people don't remember.
4: People don't remember he was sold them at the sharper image, which if you're not from America, is a fucking <laughs> electronics store, and they cost like shitload of money for what was ostensibly just shit he bought wholesale and it's like just yeah. it's fuck me I, I still kind of want to try the vodka at some point because I know he made Trump vodka that crashed and burned very fast
3: yeah like 90% of his uh, business ventures have just filled pretty much like mosques like yeah. there's um internal uh Tesla memos of the cyber shock they're like so afraid to actually like put onto market they'll just lose their entire fucking net worth because nobody's going to buy it.
4: Well they had a clause in their contract which was uh, they got rid of this like a day after where if you resell the car after before a year's up, they will sue you for fifty thousand dollars. Now that's that's a <laughs> usual thing with like Super limited edition cars. This is meant to be mass produced. They said like they were going to make seven hundred and eighty thousand of these cars by twenty twenty four, and that has a lot of investors like, hey, w- w- why is this taking as so long? Because this was announced in like, twenty nineteen pre COVID, and they have no idea how to actually make this thing because it's made out of stainless steel, which is like for those who don't know about the DeLorean. Um, it was a piece of shit, too, and, you know, like, making a car out of nothing but metal is, is always a bad call.
3: I think Musk is banking on somebody, there's, like, a Back to the Future with his car. Cyberpunk 2 or whatever will, like, feature his car as, like, a thing you can drive around in, and that would be, like, his big pure stunt.
4: I firmly believe he played Halo too much as a child <laughs> and wanted that fucking car, wanted a Warthog, because that's what I kept looking, I'm like, this is, like, a low, it looks like a low-poly, like, Xbox game from 2003. I don't know if it'll actually come to market, apparently it's supposed to, but I I feel like at this point, if you're buying a Tesla, you're complicit. If you look at Teslas on the road now, they're like what Buicks were. Every time I see one, I'm like, oh, you're an asshole who's driving this car. (laughs) You're probably just a piece of shit.
3: The only people I see driving Teslas are like upper middle-class people like Ethan Hawke from fucking The Porch Movie. They they just live in these like, 80 communities, because that's the only people who buy into most like, save the world bullshit, because yeah. there was this period not that long ago when like, everyone on Wall Street just brought his fucking, like, electric car, which was to we'll save the world bullshit, and now they're waking up to the fact that he's just some, like, fucking white supremacist retard to that fucking shitpost on Twitter all day.
4: Yeah, uh, no, it's uh, Reddit broke his brain. I I firmly believe. Yeah, Reddit. Something happened. I feel like that lawsuit with the um, the cave diver. Something happened because he would he lost his fucking mind because of that. The Thailand uh, cave diver who saved all those kids and he called <laughs> him a pedophile because they wouldn't use his fucking submarine.
3: I'm playing for uh, Batman Arkham Knight now. I uh, I'm a PSN subscriber, so I got for free and the um. The season pass for like three pounds and so yesterday. The entire plot of that is the, uh, Batman's being slowly taken over by the Joker. So I like to imagine that's what's happening with Elon Musk. Every time he closes his eyes, he sees the fucking submarine guy.
4: <laughs> he just lives rent-free in his head and shit. <laughs> like, I will say this, I, I did watch 13 Lives and I was pissed Ron Howard didn't include that. I know it's not the point, but it would have been fucking hysterical if there was like a Footnote in that movie about the whole fucking, because it's ridiculous. It's really fucking stupid and funny. And the guy took it real well. But just to wrap up our Twitter thing, he he has this amazing like his lack of shame is is awe inspiring. Because he went on a call recently. It was like he wants to turn X into well, formerly Twitter, into a bank and a dating service. Because if you want to take dating advice from anyone, it's a guy who's mentally unstable has like three divorces 11 children that we know about there's probably more yeah i, I don't think i'd be taking dating advice from this dude but i'm not enough
3: no there's uh even if you like like pass over the Epsy and shit was it uh kind of hard at this point he has like he's been divorced like five times his kids won't talk to him yeah. he's like the most divorced man on earth who happens to be uh also the richest if there's any like bigger fucking Refutation of capitalism as just Elon Musk. Really, he gets to be the guy. He gets to be the fucking king of the world. Come on, man. I
4: I think it's a wake up call for a lot of younger people to think. Oh, we shouldn't look up to billionaires. They're all fucking idiots. Like, he got lucky because his dad was made so much money from apartheid South Africa. And hey, maybe billionaires aren't fucking aren't all smart. Some of them are just lucky.
3: Yeah. Now, but speaking of uh, apartheid, we're uh, going back to. Uh, everyone's favorite topic now right? it was how like nobody was really like talking about as you went to like right this moment yeah because um during the whole like right of return thing in uh 2018 like, it would get some news coverage it would only be like talked about in the usual circles like twitter like twitter political discourse and shit Where it's now like, everyone is talking about this there was another like march in glasgow recently a 50 000 strong march in favor of a ceasefire and yeah. it's like damn
4: no, it's, uh, the the tide is officially turning, and you know they're in trouble because they had the big march on Washington, the pro-Israel march, and, um, there was a hate preacher there.
3: John Hagee, who's, yeah. um, he he was at the, uh, Jerusalem embassy thing a few years ago with Trump, which is, uh, very funny, because he's, like, he's an evangelical, so his entire thing is, like, Jesus is going to return to Israel and kill all the Jews.
4: You know you're on the right side of history when John Hagee, a man who says Hitler did nothing wrong, is pro-Israel. Like that is is so. F- yeah. How do you do that? How do you think Hitler did everything right and yet you like Israel? I don't understand the the cognitive dissonance you fucking have to have. Because fucking crazy. It's it that that speech. I'll probably play a clip of it. I'll, I'll try not to play the most extreme parts of it, but it's. It's wild.
1: A freedom-loving democracy. Israel is this and more. Israel is the apple of God's eye. Israel is the shining city on the hill. Israel says, God says of Israel, Israel is my firstborn son.
4: John Hagee, for those who don't know, um, Go look up Everything is Terrible. They do some amazing super cuts yeah. of his, uh-huh. like, his Halloween special. We talk about... Halloween is dangerous, and then intercut with his novel, Avenger of Blood.
1: We're going to talk about the dangers of Halloween and what you're exposing your children to. Stay tuned. I'm delighted to
4: present to you my second novel, Avenger
1: of Blood. But what is the unseen force behind the Harry Potter books? The driving force is the spirit of witchcraft. The Harry Potter books are a repackaging of witchcraft for your children. Witchcraft is the power through which Satan's kingdom functions. And it attacks the masculine nature of God and presents God as a feminist
6: we see halloween associated with blood fear death
1: the avenger of blood has sworn to kill the roman soldier who raped his sister on patmos making their lives a living nightmare which i
4: kind of want to read it because i love the idea of fucking that guy writing a rape revenge novel i think there's some th- there's some there's some novelty to that i
3: mean yeah, we've, we've talked about this briefly before about how much there's two types of conservatives now, and they both hate Jews. Yeah. Like Candace Owens has gotten to a lot of shit recently yeah. because she takes yeah. the like Kanye Ho position on the Jews. Is that like yeah, I work for a Jew, but they're also like evil and they run everything and um. Yeah, Jesus should come back and kill them all.
4: Yeah, she, she's been spilling some good tea, though, because she went on yeah, Twitter uh-huh. when Ben Shapiro was, like, talking shit. She's like, you've been very emotionally unstable the last couple of months, which <laughs> I think that's a fun little uh-huh. dig. I mean, as I've said, I hate both these people, but Ben Shapiro Man. is just such a fucking... You're right, he is way more committed to this than any of them, and I, you can see him starting to crack It'd be interesting if he survives uh, the next couple of years at the Daily Wire. You know, if he's if he's being emotionally unstable at work, like Candace is saying.
3: Yeah, it depends if he can purge the, uh, the the like Hotep side of it, like the uh, the actual like hardcore anti-semites that all work for him for some reason. If if he can, yeah, yeah he can. Um, he can maybe pivot the Daily Wire to be like, this Zionist pro-Israel outlet. But it's now it's in this like weird possession. where Candace Owens is just like her like Tucker Carlson because Carlson was also talking about like Israel was the Jewish problem and America shouldn't get involved.
4: Yeah, no, it's 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 fun to see how um how this is this is causing a lot of strife in that little community and it's, I mean, this was going to happen because they all hate Jews but they hate Jews differently and then one of them is a Jew. It's a, it's a fascinating dynamic that's breaking out of this and. It'll be interesting to see especially when things get a little more heated against Israel like they're getting.
3: Yeah, we are starting to see like mainstream media turning against them. Um the BBC brought this uh thing about two or three days ago shitting on fucking Israel's um hospital Hamas HQ story. A apparent one shot video of like a tour around this hospital where there's supposed to be like Hamas's main HQ. A couple of bags of like rusty AK forty sevens. And even the BBC was like, "Yeah, this is um, this, this is, is bullshit."
4: Yeah. People in America want to ban TikTok because all the kids are pro-Palestine. It's so funny as well because I saw like people brought up uh, Osama bin Laden's letter to no, America, yeah. which, if you've not read it, it's 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 quite a fascinating read. It doesn't justify what he did, but it is fun to watch the younger generation like, "Oh fuck, we've been lied to so much by our parents." And yeah,
3: because me, modern people, I'm just completely bought the lie that, like, they hate us for our freedom, yeah. and then Bin Laden puts out this fucking insane letter, when like, no, we hate you because you, like, kill our people when oppress Palestinians, and, uh, yeah, maybe you
4: should easy, stop it's that. It's easy to forget that Osama was a fucking Nepo baby before he became a terrorist leader. His dad mm. was, like, a fucking oil baron, and he gave that up to be the leader of this group, and... His life story is so fucking fascinating.
3: Son of a Saudi oil baron with a very interesting connections to the Bush family.
4: That's, yeah. Uh, that's yeah. all yeah. <laughs> <shop is, so. laughs> it's it's yeah. No, it's just um, like I said. We'll see because a lot of the news coverage is just the same stuff right now. Israel shelling Gaza, but things are slowly turning away to against Israel, and it'll be fun to see when if this war keeps going and there's no ceasefire, what happens then. Because I could yeah. see boycotts, I could see shit getting ugly very quickly for them.
3: We are approaching, like, late stage apartheid uh, South Africa. The next lethal weapon movie, the bad guys will be as real as I guarantee it. you yep.
4: see, like, Mossad be a villain in an action movie in the next five years. What's the point
2: of committing the perfect crime if nobody knows you've done it?
1: So, what you
5: admitting to being a predator?
2: I've been missing out. Here we are in the ring, and I'm looking at a man who has not landed a single punch.
0: And I'm looking at a man who, behind the bullshit, is terrified of what's to come.
2: If you're talking
0: about death, Daniel, that holds
4: no fear for me. Speaking of uh, awful people doing awful things to undeserving people, we're going to get into this. So this is, um, we're going to do our best to make this episode as listenable as possible. But yeah, this is our Jimmy Savile retrospective, primarily the, um, this, this miniseries, The Reckoning, which we both watched. And I literally wanted to do it at this episode because this, this show is, it's about as good as it could have been. Cause I heard when this was coming out, I thought, oh, this sounds fucking a horrible idea. So it's either got to be really good or it got to be a fucking disaster. And, um. Wow, it's it's dark. It's really fucking dark.
3: When I first heard about this, I was like, the BBC's doing what now? Like, I was, <laughs> I was doing the fucking, like, the serial, like, eating serial meme, and I'm just, like, playing everywhere. Th- th- this could have been really bad, but Steve Coogan, man, he's fucking, Yeah, like...
4: so, just to give a quick rundown of Jimmy Savile, because I know a bunch of people don't, especially if you're not from Europe, you might not know who this guy is. Where you're from Europe, and I'm obsessed with... Celebrity pedophiles. Uh, this guy is—he's um, not really. It's funny because he always gets called a pedophile, but he, his sexual proclivity was basically anything goes. Age didn't matter, gender didn't matter, whether they were alive or dead didn't fucking matter. We'll get to that when we get to the yeah. meat of this. But he was—that's
3: like evil could be a sexuality. That's what uh, yeah. Jimmy Savile was. Yeah, he
4: wasn't just a child loss He, no one was safe from this guy, but. Just a quick rundown of his career. He hosted a show called The Top The Pop, where he was basically it was basically like an Ed Sullivan type program where he had like guests and shit come out and perform music. And he would give the, like, what was on the choss that day, and, you know, very... But he got famous particularly for a show called Jim Will Fix It, which has one of the mm. most creepy fucking theme songs I've ever heard. Like, it's not intentionally creepy, but no Jim Will Fix It For You. It was like, oh, God.
3: And those like things from the 80s that just like age super well. God damn, this <laughs> is this is fucked, man. Yeah, but um, yeah, you- there's um, one of my favorite uh, general Jim fix it segments was um, uh, Doctor Who was on at the time, it was um, the Colin Baker years. This little eight year old boy was writing to Jimmy Savile, like, could you please um, fix it for me to get on Doctor Who?
5: It had little or no merit, it made the boy happy, which was the intention, and that was good. But having recently watched it, um, it has no merit at all, really. Either the way it was shot, the way it was acted, and certainly the way it was written.
1: Doctor, look at the screen! It's monstrous! It's revolting!
5: Jimmy Savile is much more frightening than the Sontarans. Much more.
3: I will leave it at that. It used to be on um Doctor Who DVDs at Jungle Fix segment two thousand five or something, but now they're they're not there no. anymore. You have to like go onto YouTube to see it. One of my one
4: of my favourites is the uh I think I've seen that clip too. Even he's uncomfortable being on that set yeah. with Jimmy. My favourite though is the one where the kids like
6: Dear Jim, ever since I can remember I've always wanted to be a singer, but shyness has always got in the way. Please could you fix it for me to sing?
0: Here's somebody to help her who also has a problem
4: with being shy, Gary Glitter. (laughs) (laughs) This is like this—the worst fucking. Oh Jesus! Those two guys in a room, which is just. By the way, Gary Glitter. When we get into the fallout of this, he did get. uh, He he got his just desserts from this, but. Uh, yeah, so he hosted the show, and he basically granted wishes, so you would mail in to Jimmy, I want to fly, or I want to be the mascot of Liverpool Football Club, he would do it, and yeah. we'll get into it. He had a lot yeah. of political connections to make this shit happen, and uh, that probably is why he didn't go to prison for any of the shit he did.
3: Have you ever seen a Wishmaster, Andrew Devolff, demon movie yes. from like, the uh, mid nineties? I'm picturing like, Jimmy Savoes trapped in some gemstone and he's giving people wishes but it's like, yeah I'll, I'll fix it for you to meet dr who if you you know come backstage with me and you know i, I picture uh...
4: when i picture him in wishmaster i picture him as the monster from wishmaster 2 with the makeup and <laughs> yeah, everything. Yeah. That... Uh... yeah so he he kind of just he's a huge media figure he had all these charities and was on tv he was on celebrity big brother as well which is fucking yeah. bizarre if you've ever seen that sir jimmy and
3: all the housemates yeah. are in the kitchen okay.
0: in the flesh you are even far prettier than 6 14 yes. wow.
1: yes.
3: pm like sir Ooh. jimmy has asked all the housemates to write him a letter
0: don't forget ladies that i'm available most weekends for home visits <laughs> you'll get punished now <laughs> jimmy Get doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Okay. He'll get punished. Don't worry. Okay. So Jimmy has collected all the housemates' <laughs> letters. Get my own back. Don't worry. I'll get my own back. Good
4: <laughs> oh, oh, I'm
0: shattered. Oh, <laughs> and all that's without Viagra.
3: Andrew Teer also from a Celebrity Big Brother.
4: God damn, man, that's a fucking scary <laughs> house to be in Jesus, no one's safe. Um, uh, but he dies in 2011 and it's a huge fucking funeral, and he has this insane gravestone, which, by the way, does not exist anymore. It's been destroyed. But the the, the tagline on this gravestone was, it was good while it lasted, which coming from uh-huh. him is the worst fucking thing he could have possibly put on that. But a year after he dies, all of this shit comes out, like a fucking tsunami of just hundreds of rapes, hundreds of sexual assaults, and then the necrophilia accusations that... We're very underreported. This
1: is being built up by the right-wing press as if it only involves the BBC. It also involves the right-wing press. Why, 10 years ago, did a reporter from the Scottish Sun go around a wedding boasting that everybody at the Sun knew about the Savile necrophilia story? Was it because they did have a necrophilia story, or was it because people from the sun just go around calling living celebrities necrophiliacs? There's a question to answer there. Why did the News of the World and the Sunday People, which knew about this decades ago, not act? And who vetted the knighthood? Coco the Clown? This is 1990. That particularly lurid
0: accusation that you've just brought to many people's attention is one that will but it's not been in the public domain.
1: I know that. Why not, News International? You have a case to answer.
4: Went very quickly from a beloved figure to, you bring him up, people get chills.
3: So, Jimmy Savile, Knight of the Realm. Like, he was hanging around with fucking Thatcher and the Pope and the Royal Family. And now he's some like, meme figure that people shot out to show how fucking disgusting Fucking him like how oh. fucking disgusting Britain is as a oh, country like fucking... we very fucking coddled this like disgusting old pervert for so long he faced like zero repercussions and and the show goes into it like that first episode where you're uh, just some goon to be up some kid to uh, snuck on backstage to his DJ show yeah. and the cops like you got any proof for this lad he did this like, oh, man I,
4: I love that opening because it Within the first 10 minutes, it sets this guy up as a Cray brother almost, gangster figure, yeah. where he goes in the back room and...
2: You getting a bit confused, young fella. But well, Why would you keep mistaking the back door, which is staff only, with the front door, where you have to pay? You must have flu of the brain. Luckily, Dr. Savile's got a cure. I'll leave it to my pal here to administer it.
4: You hear this guy just getting mercilessly beaten and he's just pouring a cup of tea and he's like, fucking bastard. And then he invites those two girls to his apartment because he says he's friends with Elvis and... just to... It really sets the tone quickly. This is not going to be a fun watch. This is going to be very, very tough for everyone. You see like his weird relationship with his not adopted son. I have no idea what the fuck's going on with that because they seem to hate each other, but they also rape together. <laughs>
3: it's like his assistant that he calls his son. He has those, like, this weird obsession with family.
4: Yeah. Like he
3: calls his mum the Duchess, which, which is fucking. never gets
4: explained, even in the Louis yep. Theroux documentary.
0: I bought it because I liked it. Yeah. She came to live here because she liked it. Did you argue much when you were living together? Never. Never? Never. Bicker. There's no point in arguing. And what about if you had a girl with you? Uh, she would have actually killed the girl. Did that not cramp your style a little bit? No, not at all. Since you couldn't bring girls home because your mum wouldn't let you sleep with women? No, I didn't want to sleep with them. Good heavens. I want to be with them. Anything more than two hours. Brain damage. Yeah, whatever though, yeah. Yes. You you couldn't canoodle with them because your mum wouldn't let you. No, but if you see over there on the horizon. Did that not cramp your style a bit, Jimmy? I'll answer the question. If you see over there on the horizon a caravan camp. Yeah. I had a caravan there. So that was the. The, the, the love nest. So you couldn't bring girls back here really? Well, it, I wouldn't do mom, that because it? it was a lack of respect. For your mum? Yes. Really? A lack of respect. And my cleaner takes them out and gets them cleaned and freshened up once a, uh, about once a year. Now all this gear was gear she wore so instead of slinging it away I thought hang on to it because these make better souvenirs than photographs. Mm. These are much nicer than photographs. So, they're, they're all the gear there. Can we take some of them out? Well, not really. Well, what do you want to take them out for? Do you want to wear them? I sense that maybe this is an emotional thing for you and and, to, and, and you don't want to
3: share it. No. no, I respect not, that.
0: It's not emotional, it's a friendly thing. Nothing emotional. No. No. It's friendship. Friendship. Friendly is not emotional. Friendship is happy, lovely, wonderful.
3: No, it's not love. Well,
0: yeah, but there's only one word for love in the English language. Why are you, why are you becoming a little bit passive-aggressive? Because, because I'm just thinking of the time factor. I think they're much nicer than photographs. Different class. Yeah. Wonderful. But they give me great pleasure. Don't give me any morbidity or anything like that.
4: Yeah, I, just so,
3: I didn't even bring up morbidity.
0: No, that's all right then. So why are you bringing Why are you bringing it up? It's the way your face looks. Well, I don't want to be disrespectful. It is obviously the, the, the room which is closest to your mother, the most important person in your life. Uh, yeah, no, 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 because you see, it's not a room that's important, it's the whole ethos, the fact that we were together for all our lives, that's the important bit.
4: His relationship with his mom is something that's very compelling throughout the show, because she goes in the confessional, and I love how this show is, is shot. It's shot like a horror film, especially all the stuff in the church and the use of yeah, shadows like, and shit. It's like fucking
3: Exorcist free. Yeah. Like she's going into the confessional when it's like all dark. You know? I
4: hate my son. And I, I, it's not brought up in the show, but I do think there's a weird incest component to that relationship because she hates him and he has this weird reverence for her and when she dies and he spends the five days with the body and says, It was the best five days of my life. Oh yeah, that's some frightening shit. And and he says that line to the journalist because how this show structured is you have this journalist trying to do a book about him, and he's very up to snot, very. And he says to the journalist, "I meant it when I said that." He said,
2: "Well, when, when I promised her, I would not do any of that shit again."
4: He turns on the recorder. What shit, Jimmy? And then Jimmy <laughs> just looks at him and doesn't say a fucking word again and then shows him getting in a fucking camper van with a child and that's the end of the episode yeah. and you're like, oh my god. This is harrowing.
3: Yeah, Jimmy Savile back in his uh, real shit. It's a, it really is amazing how like, he died at like age 100 and whatever, like 420 and... Just nothing came out. Like it was an open secret for decades, but just oh, it was just completely untouchable.
4: I mean, I mean, they bring that up in the first episode. The BBC doesn't want to hire him because they think he's a fucking creep. What do you think? He's our man, definitely. I don't
0: know.
6: All I can say is, people I know at Radio Luxembourg have told me the man's an absolute shit. How so? Vain, overbearing, untrustworthy. You've just seen how patronising his attitude to women is. That's just his show-busy style, Anna. I wouldn't know. I don't move in show-busy circles. But it's your show, not mine. Personally, I wouldn't touch him with a barge pole.
3: She's, like, the voice of reason. Yeah. And then the fucking BBC controls, like, look, the kids like him.
4: Yeah. They showcase in that first episode the two girls that he rapes. They watch him on TV just in horror. Like, this guy who violated us is now on fucking primetime at the BBC with all these fucking people around him. And they showcase that, um, particularly the second episode when he brings the girl who... Now, they changed her name for the show because uh, she ends up committing suicide, which... Leads to some problems, but not much, because this is Jimmy Savile we're talking about. He brings her to his house. Like, his mom is there and everything, and he just rapes this little girl in the bedroom with everyone in this fucking house. He has no shame at all. And that's what's so frightening about um, him in this show and him in real life. He, he had no qualms. He was like, I-, I will do this anywhere I want. I don't give a shit who sees me. Like he would grope people on his show. There's videos you can see of him groping people on Top of the Pop or when he's on Jim'll Fix It. The very famous video of him having an erection when he's got the kid on his lap.
3: He's like the Joker. he just like he, he's doing this as like a joke, as like a fuck kiss to the audience. Watch me fondle these kids on live TV, and nothing will come of it. That fucking shirt he wore to uh, to Parkinson. An animal when I eat you alive yeah, or something. That That's like come it's- on, man.
4: This guy is a true sexual predator. Like he had I brought this up, he has no qualm of who he victimizes and it's Throughout the show they interview the, the self some of the survivors who did come forward after he died.
2: You hear someone dies, emotions kick in. My emotions were like laughing, happy happy you know. But then that that changed. Within a few days, then I was mourning for him. I was never gonna get revenge.
6: I think when the story broke, um, and I realized that I wasn't the only one, um, I wasn't pleased that other people had suffered, but I was glad it wasn't just me, and I think that's what gave me the impetus then to go forward. Most children that are abused,
3: carry that guilt. carry their guilt for the rest of their lives. It really messes with their lives. This never stops for any
0: of us, whether you're crumpled in a corner or walking being straight. And this is what people need to understand. It never stops. It is a daily fight. to, To be able to breathe and to be able to try your hardest to be your best person when actually you always feel like a failure.
4: It's done so well the way they're intercut throughout uh, the recreations with Steve Coogan and things like that. But, but that's other thing I love too is they they never recreate any footage with Jimmy Savile. They just use footage and pictures yeah. of Jimmy Savile. It's this very it's weirdly immersive almost because they don't mock Steve Coogan in the um, in photos with Margaret Thatcher. It's just photos of Jimmy Savile with Margaret Thatcher.
3: It's the BBC reminding you that Jimmy Savile was a real person and not just some comedian in old man makeup.
4: Yeah, no. And the, yeah. The, the thing about Steve Coogan that I love about him as an actor is that, you know, he is seen as Alan Partridge, really goofy shit, but he is a seriously trained actor. He's not a method actor per se, but like I've read stories when he would do Alan Partridge, he was in character for the entire shoot. So, oh, yeah. which sounds like hell on earth. If you're going to work, you got to interact with Alan Partridge all fucking day, but. He, this is a performance, he should get a BAFTA for this, because this is, this is an absolute fucking mountain of a performance. He is doing the voice, he is, he gets the mannerisms, and the way he looks at people, with the fucking just, oh, it's, he's repellent in all the right okay. ways.
3: Coogan's had a pretty weird career now that I think about it, so like, he's mostly known for doing, like, TV, like, the Alan Patrick show, but he'll occasionally do a movie. Like he did that weird around the world in eighty days movie with Jackie Chan, oh, yeah. if you remember that.
4: I remember that that was Arnold Schwarzenegger's last movie before yeah. he became governor. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but you no, know, he's like he he's but he's like a seriously trained actor. By the way, Alan he released a new book as Alan Partridge, and I want to read Hell it yeah. because it um he does the cover exactly like the Elon Musk Walter Isaacson. <laughs> the, there was a British newspaper that reviewed it, and it's just. This is the perfect review of this. It's like one book is about a narcissistic asshole who hates everyone around him. And the other book's about Alan Partridge, yeah, <laughs> which yeah. is fantastic. Just He talked about doing that. People are like, why would you do this? And he, he had some pretty interesting comments. He provokes a very, very the, the real revulsion uh,
5: when I said I was doing it. A lot of people wondering why we're doing it. But as all these things, um, I think people... it's a, He is a, was a fascinating... Man and was able to hoodwink a whole nation uh, because he was so famous and successful, and was at the time well loved by people before they discovered the awful truth about him. Um, but that, that, that by itself is uh, is. I'm of the mind that you know to to sort of prevent these things happening again, you have to look at them. It's like an uncomfortable yeah. process, but you, you sweep things under the carpet and try and turn your back on someone like this then I think the people a lot the, the revolt is because people feel the whole nation was either hoodwinked or if you're being less kind complicit people play Hitler and play serial murderers and no one bats an eyelid but there's a lot of consternation about me doing this as an acting job it was uh, you know it's sort of what all actors want to do is play um, you know whatever your views on him uh, a, a, a fascinating Although, you know, horrific, but certainly a fascinating figure who really is a manifestation of something else that was sort of deeply wrong in in British society. I think that's why it's it's not just about him. It's about what kind of uh, society um, lays the groundwork for someone like him to to operate. So It's called
4: The Reckoning because we we have to rectify that, yeah, this guy existed, did all this shit, we did nothing to stop it. And... I'm not sure if it works in like you know prestige drama TV, but it, I, I think it's such a... He does such a good job of just really making you really showcasing how repellent this man was and how, you know, for all the in-jokes, this guy was dead serious. Like He went on... Um, what was it? I can't remember the show, but he says, like, I'm feared in every school, girls' school in the country.
0: You used to be a wrestler, didn't you? I anything? still am. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm feared in every girls' school in this country.
3: have I got news for you or something, yeah. some, like, British uh, comedy panel show that he would, like, go on occasionally for some reason. It's. I think the reason why it is called The Reckoning is because it's the BBC having a reckoning with itself. <laughs> that's, that's one of the things I was worried about, is the BBC will, like, kind of whitewash their history with Savile. But no, no they they're, they're pretty open about, like, the... how badly they fucked up. The there.
4: title card at the end where they said they suppressed the Newsweek story... To air the tribute that they had already yep. made for him uh-huh. is pretty fucking. I gotta like, oh, that is that's bad look. And I especially love the ending too because you see the shot where. By the way, if you're in that cemetery, they never remove the body; they remove the grave, but his body's still there. So if you want to go piss, uh, if you going to go take a shit or take a piss, I know a great place yeah. to do it. Uh, It's like
3: the end of uh, Dia the Jackal, when uh, Edward Fox is planted into an unmarked grave. That's uh, Jimmy Sargo right now.
4: What's so fucking (laughs) haunting is there's flowers laid there. Who the fuck is laying (laughs) flowers for this guy? Fuck you people. And just that one girl who, that one woman who's like... Don't let this ever happen again. the last scene of the show it's so harrowing and it's probably the best response you can have after witnessing everything yeah. you have at this point
3: if you know anything about British TV shows that, that absolutely did happen again like fucking Michael Barrymore just picked up the mantle in the 90s of them um, of making like very young boys disappear under mysterious circumstances
4: Russell Brand is another one uh... A lot of people.
3: Russell Brand really is like the goth e boy uh, Jimmy Savile. Like, he's got the long hair, the weird outfits, weird mincing pedophile vibe.
4: One of his first things he did was like he went on some show, I think it was Big Brother. And he did, like... Yeah, a, yeah. He did the job. it with fucking
3: Big Brother, man? Come on. what was like, that, that fucking show?
4: The only good thing involved Big Brother was Dead Set. That's it. That's the yeah, only good uh, thing Big Brother's yeah. ever been involved with, fucking... But, yeah. uh, he goes on Yeah, branch
3: used to host, um, some, like, Big Brother spinoff or yeah, something. And he and, like, yeah, he went on about talking about
4: like, he wanted to fuck, um... Emma Watson from, uh, Harry Potter, and she was like 12 at the time.
5: Mikey's
0: views are so poor sign that when I heard them, I went to Platform 9 and 3 quarters at King's Cross Station, (laughs) got on the Hogwarts Express, body popped to the Quidditch Arena, where a tournament was about to take place, beckoned Harry Potter, Ron Weasley, and Hermione Granger into a close huddle, pulled down my trousers and pants, Waxed my dinkle till it was stiff as a broom handle and yelled, Lads! This magic wand will terrorize those birds of Slytherin. Keep your mitts off my philosopher's stones, though. Hagrid reported me to the police.
4: This is Big Brother's Big Mouth! That's so funny, isn't it? And then we find out he raped a 16 year old, who's just like, oh, this motherfucker.
3: It is funny how like, British humor is here, other like faulty towers. Just like John Quee's mincing about with uh, doing like funny German accents or just like self-aware pedophile jokes. That's like half of Frankie Boyle's jokes, like Michael Jackson fucking kids.
4: There was like a big probe after Jimmy died. They were curious, who else was with Jimmy the division. And then Rolf Harris got uh, outed and Gary Glitter and someone else like his name is escaping Baby. But yeah, Rolf Harris is kind of another one that was like, he painted that picture for the queen and shit. And yeah. Then he got outed as a child molester. It's... There's something about fucking... I don't know what it is, but if you're a famous British celebrity, be fucking... Everyone be be concerned and be afraid.
3: Especially if it's like children's celebrities. Your gateway into that world is just, man. Well, it's I mean, it funny how... Gary grows. He'll be, like, let out of prison occasionally, and then, like, five minutes later, he would have to be sent back, because he can't help himself.
4: And then he'll get a song in the fucking Joker movie, which is still one oh, of the most bizarre yeah. needle drops I've ever heard in a fucking movie. Like, in the script, it was supposed to be, um, Benny and the Jets, which, why didn't we do that? Why did we have to use Benny Bear Gary Glitter, for fuck's sake?
3: I, I hope they use uh, Benny and the Jets than uh, Joker 2 uh, oh, that'd, uh, uh, that'd be good a, great,
4: a way better song to put mm. fucking, just the most like that was just uh, off topic but that was the most bizarre like what the fuck moment I remember but yeah but the the thing about the show that I love too is the um the again we shot shot like a horror film and the music score in particular is straight up, like, horror shit. The way it's, it's structured too, like the scene when uh, they, they investigate him for uh, groping on the show and he gets very fucking defensive.
2: If I had a pound for every pretty girl who stood next to me in the Look studio... Look again at where your right hand is. It's on her back. Her back or her bottom? Lower back. You've an odd idea of human anatomy, Mister Sabo. Perhaps they taught that at the public school you went to. They didn't at mine.
3: The, the way he like deals with uh, people that are just about to out him, like you have that scene where um he's going to the uh, the newspaper like looking to like columns for, and he'd. Like, he, he doesn't overtly say, I'll shut you down, but he, like, very heavily implies, I could sue you until oblivion. so don't you fucking dare publish anything about me. That's
4: the thing about psychopaths, they need to have control of the situation, and, um, a great example of that is when the journalist says, fuck this, I'm gonna leave, and he freaks out, because he's not in control yeah. of the situation anymore. He's like, I'll tell you everything, I'll tell you everything, and then he, like, dies two days later, with a very haunting final shot, where he's in his chair... And he crosses his fingers, and yeah. and he does that as well when they give him his last rites. It is it is chilling? It is very yeah.
3: He's 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 obsessed with Catholicism. Like his whole thing is he's a, a goody goody Catholic boy. He's in hospital and the uh, elderly black orderly is um, asking him if he wants to like, take part in last rites and stuff so with like. No. <laughs> Why
1: would I well, want that, to do that?
4: That guy um, comes up when he, when they do the, when the morgue scene when we yeah, bring up yeah. Him, and that scene is fucking bone chilling. What are you doing? Just checking she's all right. What do you mean?
2: The family to see her. That's not for you to do. Get out. Oh, you dare tell me what to do? I'm telling you, show some respect. Her family will be here any minute. Please.
4: LEAVE! That's what I mean, the control. And he does this with his weird son as well. As-
2: you have to drive yourself. I don't have to do anything. I don't see why I should spend my whole life as your gopher. Because you know which side your bread's buttered. Because without me, you would be out. Roof over your head, work. I could find work. Oh yeah, who with? Maybe if you did a word for me, you'd be out on your arse. Am I right? Yeah. Sorry sorry father sorry father
4: I always get what I want and I'll fucking I'll fire you and I'll make sure you never get a job again like really just even like which is fucked up for a guy that like knows that like he is raped with you which yeah. you would think he'd use that as blackmail he
3: tries to do that and I think the third episode yeah. where um he was like called to some like like empty bungalow hall yeah. and his uh quote unquote son is like like uh, I just got caught fucking a fifteen-year-old. So me. if they're if, if they're looking into me, they're probably going to start looking into you. And
4: yeah, yeah the, he calls it the age of consent problem, which is yeah, oh, that's yeah. so disturbing. <laughs> oh, that really laid my skin crawl. That one, but yeah, captures the psychopathic traits so well, and like just the the descent into depravity with the corpses. And like I, we talked about this. If Jeffrey Epstein had lived a little longer, he probably would have gotten into that as well. Because I feel like like, you start from, like, grown women, then you go to men, then you go to kids, and then you're like, fuck it, let's try dead bodies. You're just bored as shit, and you want to try something new, and I think that's what this is.
3: Yeah, it's the hostile thing. Like, you start off as a sex parapher, and that ramps up to, like, torturing people to death. Which is, like, there's this weird conspiracy theory that he had people killed, which is like, yeah, sure, I believe it.
4: Oh, that gets into my favorite Jimmy Savile factoids. I'm going to post this in the show notes. Um, I would use it as the thumbnail for this episode, but it's it's too big of a picture for a thumbnail. But there's a picture of Frank Bruno, the British heavyweight boxer. He is at Broadmoor, and he is pictured with Peter Sutcliffe, the Yorkshire Ripper, and Jimmy Savile. It's one of the most bizarre pictures I've ever fucking seen. I don't know how this happened, but... Three men who shouldn't even be in the same room together are in the same room together, and I, I I love the conspiracy theory that people believe that I think it was the third victim of Peter Sutcliffe's people think Jimmy actually killed her and framed mm. Peter for He would hang out at Broadmoor, which is where peter was was staying yeah Sutcliffe.
3: and <laughs> That basically gave him the keys to Broadmoor, which is one of the more like insane things she did
4: yeah could you imagine the conversations him and Peter Sutcliffe had? Could you no, fucking imagine? Like, he, he, god damn it! I mean, just probably was saying, "Hey, good job that one girl you did." Like, it's so, and I hate to say it, I think Jimmy might be worse than Peter Sutcliffe. I know Peter Sutcliffe's a horrible person, but he didn't do Genghis Khan didn't do as much damage as Jimmy Savile did.
3: Yeah, it is wild how like allowed to do all this. The way Thatcher was portrayed in this show, she is like this. um... She's like your granny, concerned busybody granny.
6: Welcome to checkers. Oh, and thank you for fixing it for me to become Prime Minister.
3: As
2: promised.
6: You do realise the Labour government left this country's finances in a terrible state?
2: I warned Mr Callan that the pot would be empty the way he was carrying on.
6: He let himself be bullied by the unions, ran up a mountain of debt, strikes, rubbish on the streets. A
2: terrible mess, no question.
6: And I'm afraid some of the blame rests with Mr Heath when he capitulated to the miners.
2: Well, now, if you show a minor weakness, he will have you for breakfast, and I should know I was one. Really? Hearts of lions, but give him an inch to the techie yard.
6: I rather think you and I are cut from the same cloth, Jimmy.
2: Well, uh, humble origins, uh, and we know Money doesn't grow on
6: trees. So I hope you'll understand why my government can't help financially. And I do think it's vital that people learn to help themselves.
2: Which is why I'm determined to raise this money by hook or by crook.
6: Then I'll strike a bargain with you, Jimmy. If you did somehow raise the funds for the building, I'll try and find the money to run it.
2: In that case, ma'am, we have another deal.
3: I would like to imagine she just she knew what was going on behind the scenes she just didn't give a
4: shit. Yeah, that's a Margaret Thatcher is there's a weird relationship with like British media because if you watch The Crown she's portrayed as like a girl boss, which is very Yeah, it's very fucking distasteful I'd say. <laughs> I'm a girl boss, see, let me go bomb the Falklands. Fucking Jesus.
3: Yeah, I was I was thinking yeah, um I was actually going to mention The Crown earlier cuz like The Reckoning could have very easily been The Crown. It would have basically just been the Steve Coogan show with, like, no archival footage, no victims. Just, like, full-on dark pajama. But, no, the BBC were, um... They were smart here to put in that fucking archival footage. Well,
4: well, the guy who wrote this, um... It's weird. We talk about this. British TV, like, Prestige TV's weird because you have The Crown, you have Downton Abbey, and then you have lurid-as-fuck crime dramas like this. Like, yeah. the, the, the the Levi Belfield one, Manhunt, things like that. Um, yeah,
3: the, uh, David Tennant did one about Dennis Nielsen yeah. not that long ago.
4: Uh, but uh, the guy who wrote this wrote Appropriate Adult, the Fred West, um, the one mm, with... The Dominic West. Yeah, yeah, which is weird Dinger. as fuck because I'm a huge fan of The Wire. And I forget he's British, (laughs) so if I watch The Wire, I'm like, Jesus, like, it's good casting, too, because it's, uh, and it's... To be
3: fair, McNulty's accent is uh, not that great in The Wire, to be honest. No,
4: it's not. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, it's not. But, yeah, he also wrote the Moore's Murder one. He's neck deep in fucking lurid crime shit. He also wrote Four Lives about Stephen, uh, Stephen Port, the grinder guy. Yeah, um,
3: Stephen Merchant did, um... Like another very lurid uh, docudrama about which, him, very recently. Speaking
4: of which, the Met is looking into um, some. You said it perfectly. This is Jeffrey Dalmore over again. They just gave back one of his victims. So, like, oh, these gay boys, you know, just not knowing this dude is a fucking lunatic.
3: It's nice getting a reminder that the, uh, the Met are just as, like, not just incompetent, but also, like, completely evil.
4: Remember Wayne
3: they're, they're Cousins? Just like, yeah, they just, they just don't give a Co- shit.
4: Remember Wayne Cousins? Yeah, that Mm -hmm. motherfucker. They had him on their payroll until he pled guilty to murder, for fuck's sake. I mean, he was on payroll. They didn't fire him until after he pled guilty to that murder. It's like, what the fuck?
3: You know what the really fucked up thing was? Um, There was a vigil for uh, his victim, Sarah Everett. And it it was during, like, we still had, like, COVID lockdowns so the police would like yeah. go up and harass people that were holding like a candlelight vigil for that so and that's like yeah this is rage
4: inducing like that's one of those yeah. cases that yeah it, 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 the fucking apology is like I'm sorry like no fuck you people they gave that half-hearted apology after he got a whole life sentence because yeah. he's a piece of shit and he should be in prison but it's a rage inducing case but that's like the ultimate example of how incompetent British police can be. It's just, yeah, but yeah, we bring that. that's a long way to say, yeah, they're gonna look into some incompetence involving the, uh, Stephen Port case, which, uh, I hope to God people get fired for that, because if you know anything about that case, they're basically gonna catch him fucking red-handed before they ever even thought about putting him in jail.
3: If you read those reports, they, like, like, could have stopped three of those deaths and they just didn't, because they just didn't give a shit. Nope. It's the George Bush thing of, is this incompetence, or is he just some evil genocidal asshole? I think, it's, fucking, like... I think
4: it could be both. I think I think you yeah. could be incompetent and have violent fantasies. The thing about Savile that makes him so frightening going back to Savile, how calculated he was, and how like, but he was also just so brazen. Like, I think it was the thrill of the chase that's what kept him going. Like, even right up to his death. Like, I rewatched the through documentary, and there's an amazing fucking moment in it where Lewis is like, "Are you a pedophile?" this whole uh is he isn't he a pedophile line basically yes
0: yes. oh how do they know whether i am or not how does anybody know whether i am nobody knows whether i'm
4: the answer to the question like that is yes or no and he doesn't do that he goes about in weird ways and it, it is just like i think that was part of the thrill and he like lives in a fucking camper van and yeah. it's the weirdest the, the, shit.
3: The, this Knight of the Realm fucking multi-millionaire's living in some fucking camper van. That's like BBC parking a lot. Yeah.
4: His house is... Did you actually go to his house,
3: by the way? No, um... So, background story. A friend of mine, a friend of the show, Paul, just started, like, learning to drive recently. So we are gonna take, like, um... A sojourn up to uh, Jimmy Savile's uh, cottage up in Glencoe, which is supposed to be, um... Getting torn down. I think it's next month. It's getting demolished. So we're gonna, like, go up there and see if any uh, ghosts were hanging about.
4: It's worth going if you can, because there's pictures of it and shit, and it is... it is... it's creepy. And not just because he lived there, but, like, people have gone in and spray-painted shit. There's pictures of Jimmy. Yeah, would
3: the Beast, yeah. The Beast, yeah.
4: and there's fucking pictures of Jimmy everywhere. It looks like John Doe's apartment from Seven it's just a very (laughs) creepy fucking weird place and yeah that's getting demolished it's probably the last thing standing that has jimmy savile's fucking name on it now that i think about it because he has been scrubbed like it gets to the point where even like i know there was a sea babies program i can't remember the name but they had like an extended episode that was a reference to jimmy savile and like 200 people complained what the fuck is this and they were like we're sorry sorry
3: we're, like, kind of super obsessed with Savo, but we just don't want to talk about it at the same time because there's a massive blemish on our country. Like, the fact that we raised up this fucking old pervert, let him do whatever he wanted for so long, and then he just, like, dies of no rape no, That That's
4: that's the heart. That's the heartbreaking part about this whole story. There is no closure, and the show ends no. like that, where there is no justice served He dies, and they show footage of his funeral with, like, the popes there and shit.
0: Today, Jimmy lies at the front of this cathedral, where in former years, he had remained discreetly hidden at the back in order not to disturb people's prayers or distract their attention from what was taking place at this altar.
4: Everything was code damn. Everything was... I am going to do something horrible to people if I'm near them. Like, I cannot control yeah. myself. It's fucking harrowing, man.
3: So to uh, wrap this up, I think the closest we will get to Quotar is tearing down his courage. And then that is the closest we will ever get. Putting a bookend on the Saro saga. I, I don't like... think
4: there'll ever be a bookend to it because it's just the, the, the wake of bodies and horror that he left is so... A gang. The only other person who left as much rape in their trail is fucking Genghis Khan. That's it. That's the only other person I can think of. It's a horrible story and, but it's also one I'm, I'm glad that it's being told even if it's through like this lurid TV show because it's a story that I think people need to remember that yeah, we we, we let this happen. We yeah. let this guy do whatever he fucking wanted because he had all these fucking connections, had all this money and we did nothing and we, we we're gonna we, because there's only like it's not even fifteen years at this point until he passed away.
3: So, no, it was like two thousand eleven or yeah, something, I mean, like not that long still, ago.
4: The wounds are still very fucking fresh in a lot of people's minds. I don't think it'll ever go away. It's just one of those things nah. that will haunt the Britain forever.
3: The last episode is about how uh, America's evil. This episode is about how like yeah, I mean, evil Britain is as a contra. Like yeah, this is our this is our like hero for a couple of decades. Mm-hmm. This yeah. wacky old pervert.
4: There's, there's so many videos of him of like he was raising money for charity and like I don't even know. Yeah, what he was, was.
3: like he's super obsessed with like charity and shit because he thought that if he raised enough money, people would just like forget the fact that he's touching kids on TV inappropriately. Yeah, it's like a, and it it fucking works, man. It fucking works.
4: works. It works. It's it's haunting. It's a real haunting story. One that I think. Again, I'm glad that this exists. It's it's hard to watch, but it's absolutely worth a watch. It, it's four hours long, so you got to spend four hours with Jimmy Savile, so that's not a good... But yeah. Ugin's performance really is what holds it together. Again, if this had been made by less competent people, it would have been...
3: have been a total disaster, it, yeah.
4: ...because it's made with this, like, I wouldn't say respect, but it is made with, like, enough care. To where it doesn't come across as like it's like I said it's, it never feels exploitive because again they're interviewing the survivors and their testimony is so and the BBC really does not hold back how bad they fucked up that title card at the end is that they if they had any self respect for themselves like if they had any kind of like overt ego they would not have put that up there I think that yeah. was like the real because this was actually made by the BBC it was an independent production that got picked up by the BBC which is even weirder I think
3: yeah, it's weird how uh, the BBC are allowed to want to talk about this. This is, of the course, is still coming to like address in the Savile thing. Yeah, it's... I don't
4: think they've even apologized to Johnny Rotten, who I brought that up. No, Johnny Rotten. Say what you want. I mean, but he, like, in '76, was like, "Hey, this pedophile, why the fuck is he on TV?" And they yeah. fucking axed him and didn't let him yeah. on for decades after that.
3: Again, open secret Speaking of uh, comedian shitting on Savile, one of my favorite uh, Chris Morris bits. As uh, back when he used to do his radio show for the BBC.
4: We keep you up
5: to date. The main story so far Jimmy Savile drops dead at the Stoke Mandeville Boxing Day bash, but the patients are far from mourning. The majority, if not all of them, are extremely relieved that he's now dead. Although I suspect that some of them will be sorry that he, he didn't suffer a great deal more.
4: <laughs> Uh, the other, the great one was also the puppet one you said. inside item, yeah. Again,
3: forced by Steve Coogan.
4: Man, what a fucking <laughs> poor Steve Coogan. He's played this yeah. man twice. That's the reckoning. Would you recommend it to the audience?
3: Yes, I would. It's um, it's only four episodes. It's not that long. Uh, fucking great performances in it. Even if you don't know about Savoy, goes like weirdly like really in-depth about his weird ties to not only local politicians, because he gets a good with the mayor of Scarborough or something. He was outed as, like, a boy lot or something. Yeah. And, like, yeah, with the fashion shit. Yeah, I would recommend it. Yeah, I think, yeah.
4: I, I, I said my piece there, I would absolutely recommend it. It's about as good as it could have been, because I yeah. I don't think this was something, again, it's a very hard show to watch. I mean, this is this is harrowing particularly, they don't show any of the sexual assaults in detail, but they show just enough to where you know something real bad's gonna fucking happen.
3: I think that is worse. Like, it yeah. is worse when you do it. It's like a whole other film, like... Oh, yeah. It's left to your imagination of, like, what the fuck is actually
1: going on I mean, here?
4: The, the scene that got me, before we end, the scene that got me is when he's with his mom and just unprompted is like, man, I wish she'd be 16 already. And she's like, what the fuck yeah. did you just say? Like, it's so... His, his brazenness is so and yeah coogan's performance it bafta winner hopefully i i don't know if they'll give him a bafta this is pretty fucking hard mm-hmm. but it is yeah absolutely worth a watch but anyway that's the that's jimmy savile um i apologize for anyone who's uh had any hope in humanity left but that's probably long gone now but we've done a lot of depressing episodes lately and this is probably the peak of our depression period so we're gonna try our best
3: uh, well uh you see that our next uh proper episode going back to America and talking about um, one of our favorite actors.
4: Another open secret for a while. Oh boy. Oh, boy. Yeah,
3: my, my, faith, my fucking favorite family guy joke is... Help!
1: I've escaped from Kevin Spacey's basement! Help me! Yeah. By the way, I, have, God, uh,
4: I found out also he directed a movie in ninety uh, six and It's like a noir film, and I'm very curious to see. Outside of Roman Polanski, I have no idea how another pedophile will direct a film noir, so I'm very excited to watch that. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
4: Uh, Uh,
3: We'll be doing a a bonus episode before that, so uh, join us for that, I
4: guess. Yeah, well, God help us all. Stay safe, stay happy.
5: Uh. You talk about waking up in the morning. What about not waking up in the morning and being back with your mom? Do you think about that?
0: Uh, No, she has gone to heaven. I do I, I mean, I've lost my life a few times, one way and another. Believe me, uh, but I'm not quite sure if I arrive at the gates of heaven and Saint Peter says, "You've been a very tricky man. You can't come in here. I'll break his thumbs."
5: You talk about that though as if there's reasons for you going downstairs. Do you have a conscience about that? Is there stuff you've done that think you think will deny you access to the big man?
0: No. I never brought any harm to anybody. I've never bad-mouthed anybody. It sounds a bit
6: yucky, uh, but it's my nature. It's my lifestyle. As soon as later you get come up comeuppance...